There have been extended periods of time throughout history when mankind in general was not hearing God's voice. Now, any individual person who's ever wanted to could hear God's voice. But I'm talking about where societies in general just seemed like nobody was hearing hearing from God. And let me say, any time man does not hear from God, that's not God's doing. It's man. uh, Yeah, it's not God's doing. It's man's doing. Because I goofed up that statement, let me say it again. Anytime mankind does not hear God's voice, it's not God's doing. It's man's doing. Now, God may stop speaking, but it's only because man has turned a deaf ear. And when we turn a deaf ear, God grants our wishes and says, okay, I won't speak. Do you understand this? Let me say again. Since the creation of man, any individual person who wanted to hear God's voice, and by the way, we hear God's words with our ears, but we hear God's voice with our hearts. Any person who wanted to hear the voice of God, who wanted to hear God speak, could. But there have been times because mankind in general in various societies or worldwide has turned a deaf ear to God when God grants man's wish and stops speaking. And there have been times, as we're told about in the Bible, where there were long periods of silence and then God stepped in and broke the silence. And man, what a great thing it is when God breaks the silence. Let me give you a few examples. The children of Israel had been in Egypt. The descendants of Jacob had moved from the land of Canaan down to Egypt because there was a famine and there was food in Egypt. And Joseph had gotten to Egypt providentially. And then Joseph through a series of events that many of you are familiar with, invited his entire family to come down where the food was and live in Egypt. They stayed in Egypt long after Joseph's generation. And after a generation or so, the history of the relationship between the Egyptians and the Israelites, which once had been a wonderful, friendly relationship, that history was forgotten. And now... There was animosity between the Egyptians and the Israelites and something else that was forgotten. The Israelites in general stopped listening for God's voice. Now, there were individuals that were listening for God's voice, but as a whole, and you can see evidences of it as you read the first few chapters of Exodus, that when it became inconvenient for God to step in, they didn't want to hear God. They just wanted their labors to be easier. And that's indication that they had turned a deaf ear to God. But God in the person of Moses showed up and broke his silence. By the way, it is 
the grace and the mercy of God towards us that breaks the silence. God stepped in and broke the silence, and as a result, the children of Israel were delivered from bondage, and they were taken to the promised land. And they went from being a large family to being a brand new small nation. There's another time. There there are many times, but there's another time that stands out to me. In the book of Judges, there are a number of times when this young, fledgling nation turns a deaf ear to God and God stops speaking. When you turn a deaf ear to God, God stops speaking. Not out of spite, but because you... God doesn't bully his way into your life. If you don't want to hear from him, he says, that's fine. Let me know when you do. God stops speaking. And it happened a number of times in the book of Judges. It was a spiritual roller coaster ride. But one day, God sends an angel to break his silence. And he goes to a young man named Gideon. And he says to Gideon, You're a mighty man of valor. God wants to use you. And Gideon loses his temper a little bit. He says, oh, yeah? If if that's the way it is, where are all the miracles? He said, where are all the miracles we've heard about, but we've never seen one? And the angel said, you know what? That way of thinking, that's your strength, Gideon. And if you'll go in that strength, God will use you greatly. And God did, did use Gideon greatly to bring a renewal to his nation to strengthen them. There was another time when God had gone silent because that's the way they wanted it. And that was in the days of a priest named Eli. Because of sin, the children of Israel had stopped paying attention to the voice of God. And the Bible says that the word of God was precious in those days. In other words, folks didn't hear from God much. But this young man named Samuel who, was, who grew up in the house of God, God appears to him one night, and he didn't even know it was God. He was young and innocent, and he hadn't heard from the Lord, but he was a part of a sacred vow on the part of his mother. And God shows up and three times he has to call to get Samuel's attention. And Eli, remembering what it was like to hear the voice of the Lord, he couldn't hear the voice of the Lord, but he recognized that Samuel was hearing God. And Samuel went to Eli for instruction and Eli said, Oh son, that's God's voice. And as he remembers what it was like when he used to hear God's voice, back when he cared, back when he hungered for God. Son, you're hearing the voice of God. Next time you hear it, go back to bed. Next time you hear that voice call your name, say, here am I, Lord. And the Lord breaks his silence again and speaks to Samuel. And Samuel is used of God to anoint Israel's greatest king, King David, years later. These are examples. We go through the Old Testament. We'll stop there. Of times when God broke his silence. And I'll say again, every time God is silent, it's not his doing, it's our doing. It's our fault. But mercifully and graciously, 
there comes a time when God breaks his silence. I'll say this again, and don't forget this. Any person, anywhere, can hear God's voice if they want to. I don't mean audibly. I'm talking about hearing God's voice in your heart when you read the word that he's given us. Anybody can hear from God if you want to. But when I'm talking about God's silence, I'm talking about as a society. I'm talking about even in our day when we hear about the stories of great things happening, great movements of old. Brother Dalton Robertson stood here just a few weeks ago and told us about great movements of churches starting, church planting across America. And there are regions of America to this day that are populated with Bible-believing Baptist churches that were planted in these huge waves of church planting 150, 200, 250 years ago. And we hear that, we go, God, can't you do that in our day? We've heard about it, but we want to hear your voice today. Well, such was the case between the Old Testament and the New Testament of the Bible was a period of several hundred years where there was no Isaiah. There was no Elijah. There was no Daniel. It was essentially a period of silence. And Rome comes in and Rome is the world conqueror. Rome rules the world. And one of the places that Rome occupies is this little nation of Israel. And they, so Israel is oppressed. They are not sovereign in their own land. And here's a people saying, where's God? Where's the God of Moses? What happened to the God of Abraham? What happened to the days of David? What about the ministry of Jeremiah and Ezekiel? We read about it. We've heard about it. But now as I go through every day and the routine and following the law and doing what it seems like we have not heard from God in centuries. And then one day, one man doing his job as a priest in Israel goes into the tabernacle. And an angel comes, and as we talked about last Sunday, the angel says, essentially, you know, the thing, Zacharias, that you and your people have looked for for thousands of years, it's here. It's time. It's about to begin. Zacharias goes out, and he can't speak. And his wife that they had decided was barren and too old to ever have children, she's found to be with child and their son is going to be named John the Baptist. And then it's just a short time later that a teenage girl who's engaged but not wed, an angel comes to her and says, the thing you've been taught, the thing you've heard about, the thing you've believed in, It's about to happen, and God's going to use you to do it. You're going to be with child. And Mary said, but I don't know 
I've not known a man. I'm a pure young virgin. And the angel said, God's going to do this. He's going to put that child in you. And you're going to give birth without a man. And that was prophesied, by the way, first in the Garden of Eden, Genesis 3.15. God said, the seed of the woman is going to crush the serpent's head. At the scene of the crime of man's sin, God said a redeemer is coming and it's going to come through the woman without the man. And Mary gets that word and a little while later, and of course it was, it was scandalous because here's a young lady that everyone knew was not married and She's starting to show, and it's a scandal in this little town. Don't think it was not an impossible situation. And Joseph is literally considering what to do because the law said he could have her stoned to death for this crime of adultery. And while he was considering this, the angel came to Joseph and said, you know that story she's been telling you about The angel, yeah, I'm the angel. And this is from God. And the seed that is in her is from God. And she's going to give birth and his name will be called Jesus. And so Joseph decided that he and his fiancée would bear this reproach together. And they went forth and you know the story. He has to go to Bethlehem because they don't live in Bethlehem. They live in Nazareth. They have to go to Bethlehem because a census is called for and you have to go to the town of your lineage and the town of Joseph's lineage is Bethlehem because he's a descendant of King David and that's his hometown. And they make the journey and they get there for the census and his wife is ready to deliver. And Mary gives birth to this baby boy and there's no place for him to be born but in a manger that is just as crude looking as the one that you're looking at right here. And she lays her newborn baby in that crude little manger. And once again, God is breaking the silence. But now wait a second. There's a great commotion. All that happens with the birth of the Savior. And God appears to some common men, some shepherds. God uses learning and education to speak to the hearts of some wise men, some some very educated men, and they traveled a great distance just based upon the holy writings and the positioning of the stars. And they follow those details until they come to this place called Bethlehem. And they still, it's, it's a journey of faith. They don't know what they're going to find when they get there, but they get there, and sure enough, they find this newborn baby right where the stars said he would be. They go to have to, to, uh, to the house of God as the law of Moses said they should and there's an old man there that knew that they were coming. They were nobodies. They were just a peasant young man and young lady with a newborn baby. They were nobodies but there's this old man that claimed he knew they were coming and that God was not going to let him die until he saw that baby and he pronounces a blessing 
on the baby. And right behind him is an old widow lady that says essentially the same thing. And then it goes silent. This great commotion among just a small handful of people and then everything goes silent. About 12 years later, there's another commotion. There's a kid down at the house of God in Jerusalem that's asking brilliant questions. Questions that the most learned religious people couldn't get the answers to. They're going, wow, this this kid. And then it goes silent again. Hey, 12 years is is another long time. And from that, 18 more years. And this little boy, by the way, this little boy growing up in the town where the scandal still is, that kid's illegitimate. There was never any evidence to prove otherwise but that she was expecting before they were married. That kid's illegitimate. He grows up. He has his ministry all across Israel. He, he causes the biggest stir that's ever been caused in the nation of Israel. He's executed. Three days later, he rises again. He establishes an institution that is brand new to the world. There's no such thing as a, an assembly of believers, a church. There's no such thing before that. Jesus establishes this. Can you imagine somebody starting a chain of delis, dry cleaners, name it. And 2,000 years later, that chain has... Hundreds of thousands of franchises around the world, and it's still in existence. That's what Jesus did. And today we are in one of those franchises that Jesus established, this this peasant, uneducated young man from a small, obscure town, and yet his gospel has gone around the world. His message, his story is being told. Hey, whatever you think of Jesus, it is insane that his story 2,000 years later is being told around the world to this day. That's, I mean, you can't explain that. To everyone today who wants to hear the voice of God, God will speak to you. Why? Because Jesus left his church. He left his Holy Spirit. He left his word. Everyone who wants to hear his... God broke his silence once and for all with Jesus Christ. However, as a society, there would be many who would say, well, we've heard these stories. You know, we're, we're, we're celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. But uh, I'm talking as an agnostic now. I'm talking as an unbeliever now. But God... We haven't seen you really do anything lately. It's because they're not paying attention. We see God do amazing things all the time. So for those who think that God is silent today, I tell you, one of these days and maybe very soon, God's going to break his silence again. And the fact is that people who weren't listening for his voice, they're not going to recognize it as God's work anyway. But God's going to return. The trumpet will sound. And every believer will go to heaven, will be reunited. You'll be reunited, reunited with the loved one. How many of you have lost loved ones 
to death. They were in Jesus Christ, but I'm talking about they, they passed away and they're in heaven and, and you had to say goodbye, probably every hand this in this room, and we'll be reunited. A glorious reunion. When God breaks the silence, and I'm, I'm using the silence, because God is not silent, but there are those who would say, because they're not listening, oh, God, you know, what, what has he said lately? God breaks that supposed silence again with his second coming. And it all goes back to Bethlehem. When God became a man, word of the Father, now in flesh appearing, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus Christ, the Son of God. We, there's no way we can comprehend how God changed the world that night in Bethlehem. Beyond our comprehension, beyond my comprehension. I love the celebration. I love the traditions. We do so many things at Christmas time that I forget that we do them. I, I was trying to list for somebody the other day some of our traditions, and I didn't come close to half of them as I'm realizing, oh, I forgot we do that every year. I forgot we do that every year. Just, just unbelievable. It's like, you know, December or whatever, 20th or 21st comes, and, and it's just on autopilot. We, we do the same things, including last-minute wrapping and so forth. But um, I love all of it. I love the early Christmas morning traditions, and, and I love it. By the way, I love it when, when God throws a curveball into it when he makes it happen on a Sunday. It's, just, uh, it's, it's, like, it, it, it's awesome because I have an every week routine called uh, Saturday and Sunday, and then I have an every year routine called Christmas, and every five or six years, depending on what leap year does that, during that time, those two come together. They collide, and we have this day, and it's awesome. I love it. It's great. And I love all of it. And by the way, whatever you do with uh, uh, Santa Claus and all that, we have fun with that. And our kids have always known what's going on with all that. But uh, we have fun with it. But, um, but none of that, none of that, none of that matters, including the tree, including the gifts. All of it is far, far, far secondary to God becoming a man, God giving us his son so that we could be redeemed. Let's just bow our heads today in gratitude. And we're gonna we're gonna have a prayer and you'll be on your way about your business today. But let's let's just take a moment and and thank God for his unspeakable gift.